0: Hey there, I'm Jules. I'm Lisa. I'm Matt. And we are the hosts of Eye for an Eye podcast. Each week we share a true crime case that truly fascinates us and discuss whether or not Eye for an Eye was met.
1: Does the punishment fit the crime? Was it too harsh? Too lenient? Tune in every Monday to hear our thoughts and make sure to follow us on social media to join the discussion.
0: You can find Eye for an Eye on all listening platforms by searching Eye for an Eye podcast. We hope to see you there. On this second episode in our series, we'll get to the torment that is the trip, the pain and suffering the children in the cult went through, the astronomical amount of money that they were able to bring in tax-free. Chuck's ever growing paranoia and the attempted murder that brought the whole thing down on episode two of The Cult of Synonym. I'm Kevin Young. And I'm utterly confused. <laughs> and this is torture. Are you all right?
1: Ah, it's just like you said already. Audio and having zero research into the subject matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're we're having a little bit of trouble with our audio today. Um, that tends to happen when you're thousands of miles away from one another, uh, yeah. six hours away, uh, and well, six hours by time zone, not six. Uh, I would, you know, if we were only six hours away from one another, it'd be completely different. But uh, yeah, we're having some uh, audio issues. so if there's a little bit of a lag, we'll we'll try to get everything fixed. but it's thank God we're not live streaming. Oh, that'd be fucking horrible. It'd be the worst'd be the worst fucking thing. We I don't think we're ever gonna live stream, uh, unless we both like amp up everything that we have, hardware and software wise. It's yeah, like well, serious.
1: yeah, I'd have to go to somebody else's house to do it. Um, <laughs> I know exactly who I'd go to as well, but I'd have oh, to yeah. go to somebody else's house. Yeah, but uh, it'd be a tough thing for me to do here because uh, for people that live across the other side of the pond, with uh-huh. me living right in the very center of Ireland here, pretty much it's uh, the internet ain't the best. To say the least. Yeah. We have a potato downstairs that is hooked into the wall. That is sending out a signal. That's allowing me to communicate with people transatlantically. So. <laughs> we're one step away from Morse coding it at this stage. And it <laughs> beep,
0: beep, 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 beep. Smoke signals. Your podcast oh, with smoke signal. <sighs> we're getting running water
1: next week though. So that's okay.
0: So you just gotta wait for the uh, toilets to be installed. Yeah. <laughs> just don't uh you know, you're gonna have a nice outhouse, just don't invest in one of those two story ones. It's a mess. You can't
1: beat a good outhouse. So that's actually a funny story for you though, then before we get into this whole thing is speaking yeah. of outhouses. Was well, I remember uh my father brought me around country when I was younger. We went to a school that he used to attend when he was be kind of like I don't know what way your school structure is, but when you're in like a junior school here is kind of between the ages, like was like five and 12 let's say, and he showed us the toilets they had, which was literally a bench with a hole in it, into nothing. <laughs> I was like, that wasn't that long ago.
0: <laughs> that <wasn't>. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> my God, that's like, like,
0: that's like what you find in the fucking castles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Goddamn. I couldn't believe it.
0: There's no possible way your dad's that old.
1: Ah, uh, well. Look, take everything with a pinch of salt and all that, but, you know, I remember seeing it and just thinking, oh my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe yourself still had the things in the building and stuff. They weren't <laughs> used, but I think they kept them there because it was like how old the place was or whatever. But anyway.
0: Yeah. Kind of Yeah.
1: Yep. We have real toilets now, though.
0: That's good. So... Finally. Just in case Finally. anybody
1: wants to come over and visit. <laughs> and they can take far more punishment than the uh, American toilets can take. I can tell you that now. Oh.
0: You're not lying. Holy oh. shit. Everything's low flow over here and takes like five flushes. Yeah. No, toilets here. are No no pun intended. The, the toilets here are shit.
1: <laughs> Look, you got good Wi-Fi. <sighs> we got good toilets.
0: I mean... I don't know if that's an even give and take. I would rather have the good Wi Fi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Me too.
0: Uh, honestly. <laughs> but I would give up the good Wi Fi for better sewers. I'm not so worried about the toilets as I am the sewer system. Yeah. It's not like it's not like the fucking ninja turtles. They're not big enough for you to walk around in. All right. It's just they're not.
1: <laughs> that's again, don't that's a dungeons and dragons. Fucking sewer system. <laughs> All the sewer systems, whenever anybody plays D and D, they're bigger than the actual cities themselves. It's like seriously, did they really do people really think they built they build tunnels the size of a building going underground below yeah. buildings that are fucking hovels and shitholes?
0: <laughs> like like look at the Batman movies where they go down the fucking sewer system and, and it's like a it's a city down there. It what are you why would you put all your money into this? What the fuck is wrong with you? Shit runs through here. That's it. That's it. That's all that goes through here is shit, shit and piss. Why would? You, why? Why would you do that?
1: Your, your 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 thing, just as a quick heads up, is uh, going robotic slow motion every now and again. you get the first too. yeah, get the first few words. It...
0: <laughs> 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 it's amazing how the fucking how Zoom will turn turn you into Flipper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right let's fucking let's get it we we got a lot of shit to cover so let's let's get into it so this isn't (laughs) okay cool okay (laughs) so when when we last left off with old chuck uh with old chucky d not the rapper uh he had introduced or the doll doll. yeah Ooh, i didn't think about that he's closer to the doll than he is the rapper So when we last left off with old Chuck, he had introduced the advanced version of the game known as The Trip. So Let's get into exactly what it was and what it entailed. It was first offered to the selected few as an honor, but the entire population was eventually targeted. Chuck called it an insight-producing experience. He said, quote, At the end of this rainbow, there will be a pot of gold through dissipation or long hours of activity without very much sleep. We hope to bring about in you a conscious state of inebriation. We want to get you loaded without acid. You will learn more about yourself, your fellow man, the world, the nature of reality in one weekend than you would learn, than you would in four years. Let your ego go. Let things happen to you. It's a feeling of closeness to each other we are after, the death of the ego, a reference point for the rest of your life. You may change your value systems, notions about life, and viewpoints about people. It will produce a new breed of human beings with greatly expanded potential. If you do your best, you can't fail. That's a lot of that's a lot of panache you're putting on this. A lot of love. Skippy bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into the intensity of the trip.
1: So if you don't mind me saying real quick. Yeah, go ahead. The first thing that comes to mind (laughs) with his description is Homer Simpson in the desert with the fox. (laughs) the whole outer body. That's literally what I was picturing the whole time when given his description of what was happening the whole tripping balls without any drugs thing. I can imagine Leonard Nimoy sitting there talking to a cartoon fox.
0: Yeah. The tongue covered in wax because he <laughs> ate too many peppers. It's like one of the best okay. scenes of TV. It is. Okay, let's get into the intensity of the trip. So about 7 p.m. on a Friday, the chosen trippers, around 50 and all, uh, of all ages, were to meet at the Del Mar Lobby. By people dressed in long white robes and yellow silk scarves. A shepherd led them through a candle-lit and incense-burning corridor to a locker room filled with rows of army cots with name cards on them. Each person stripped down, put on white robes. Watches were taken as time was no longer important. Women removed all makeup and jewelry a symbolic stripping of them past, of their past selves. The guides, all experienced game players, turned each group from enthusiasm into a depression and defeat, wallowing in its collective shame. Sitting in comfortable green armchairs, they made the dope fiends tell their tales of drugs, rape, crime, and beatings. The squares were pushed to confess their prior loneliness and despair. Remember, the squares were the ones who didn't have a drug problem, but did this shit anyway. The game turned on one another, uh, disoriented by lack of sleep. Each was moved to the point of intense disillusionment. Aides who did their homework provided ammunition to the conductors on each tripper. Everyone was to, quote, cop out or confess past sins. The result was implantation of a common bond and sense of ideals, all identified with Sinanon. Each tripper was to write a paper on some feeling or admission. Yes, they were given fucking homework to do while they were there.
1: Homework, yes. <laughs> like so, oh, uh, realistically, so what they did... Like to, to break it down to like a, a layman's quick version of it is they basically brought them into a room that had practically nothing in it, took everything away from them, beat them down emotionally and mentally until yeah. they basically thought that this is the this only thing that can really help me and save me is this church, and then you have to write a paper about it.
0: Yeah, and we're only we're only uh, uh like a day or so into it. We still had. Have- we still got some time to go. They're not yeah. done yet. Yeah. But yes, you got it exactly right. And, and the whole white robe thing, it's very, I mean, over the top cult. I know he's going for like this whole religion, religious garb thing, but it's very over the top culty wise. Yes, yeah, like but. straight
1: from the cult handbook One Exactly. Get white robes <laughs> sorted. Tick. <laughs>
0: Green armchairs, mark it off. After that, a big shot would advise the trippers they that they were not really chosen as an honor, but each was really selected because each was a resistor, thinking he or she knew better the direction Sinanon should go, part of the, quote, dummies that hold Sinanon back. Chuck said, quote, Maybe one day we'll just put dingbacks like you up against the wall and wash them off and bring them back into the human race. So just, I mean, just beating them down as much as possible. Uh, so he
1: basically made it out to them as though they were the worst of the group. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? If, that's what I mean. Yeah, so it's a, to further emotionally destroy them. Like,
0: Yeah. You weren't picked for this trip because you're these great people and it's this great honor. You were picked for this because you're scum and we have to beat you back in, in in line. But they waited until they were already halfway through before they tell them that. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. So there was the Witching Hour, which featured a Ouija board to be operated by witches, uh, two women in black and white robes, again. The board would spell out messages on self-reliance, but self-reliance was interpreted as the ability to make choices and the best way to end loneliness and suffering was through trusting in sin. Oh, we didn't see that coming. The board said they would adopt the Sinanon family or the fifth circle in Dante's hell where tormented souls were terrorized and torn awaited them. So, trust trust us or burn in hell. So they really are turning into a religion. <sighs> <sighs> just
1: hashtag red flags red flags (laughs) like oh yeah your man he really knows what he's doing though you know it's yeah he's it's it's like he he, wrote the book on it you know he
0: he really he really really does and it's scary that a guy who's this inept in pretty much everything he's ever done in his life is so good at this one thing and it's this fucking thing that he's good at. So when the first tripper, physically and emotionally exhausted, broke and wept, it snowballed to the others. Crying trippers embraced, uh, feeling euphoria and transcending love, the conductor made it clear that this was the resistor's last chance, their last hope. The game took on each unbroken, dirty, rotten story, With great brutality, aides returned with smut obtained from the unbroken spouses to use. The broken joined the attack. Some trippers began to hallucinate, Chuck having achieved his LSD-replicated altered state of consciousness. Fighting to stay awake, defenses wiped away. The unbroken broke and asked for forgiveness. Some rolled up on the floor in in the fetal position. Some laughed, others howled and sobbed. Some cried for their mothers. When they asked for friends, they were hugged in mass. All thought the experience was beautiful. Chuck would elsewhere declare that if you kept people up long enough, you can make them believe anything.
1: This is like reminding me of some of the parts of the white room. Torture.
0: Kind stuff. of. Yeah. it's yeah.
1: that full on psychological side of things you know it's it's yeah. very very fucked up so the whole idea then again to break it down the layman side of things is get people into a room make them feel like completely utter shit as much as possible give them absolutely zero sleep and continue to make them feel like shit mm-hmm. that they feel in any form of emotion make them feel
0: even worse yep pretty much yeah and that's the thing that up until this point, every everything he's done to them has been completely psychological. He hasn't done really any physical torture to anybody yet. It's been completely psychological. Yeah, yeah. The physical torture is going to come, but so far uh, I like the word yes yeah, in there. In on that, yeah. On that <laughs> <aspect>. Yet. <laughs> so at eight a.m. on Monday, now they they go in at seven p.m. on Friday. They don't come out till eight a.m. on Monday, and they haven't had any sleep this entire time. So 8 a.m. Monday, hand in hand, the trippers went down the corridor towards the sound of band music. Now, in a ballroom, the trippers were surrounded by hundreds of cheering, clapping Sennonites The trippers, many of whom had been awake for 65 hours or more, were hugged Christ. and cheered. A hoopala began, it's a Cinnanon dance that they created. <laughs> To laugh <laughs> to about the dance to the, the yeah, dance, yeah, hoopla. Dance, yeah they created <laughs> just imagine their what dance. they're doing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I
1: couldn't
0: find of, any yeah I couldn't find any it's partly just because we
1: literally watched it today but we were after watching that um, newest movie in the Harry Potter series the um, the secrets of Dumbledore okay yeah. is, have you seen it
0: I have not my All my right. wife my wife seen it several times. I've All never right, watched
1: it. Uh, well, ask her to show you the, um, <laughs> the 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 crab walking scene thing, and, and anybody else will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what I I'm imagine the dances The guys it's kind of like this. <laughs> it's really <funny. laughs> it's really funny. That's the first thing that came to my mind. It's probably only because we watched it just tonight. Like, but um, yeah, that's what I imagine the hoopla is. <laughs> hoopla.
0: So one just had to surrender to Synanon. Uh, Teachers, lawyers, doctors, police, politicians, all got hooked. Many forming an allegiance previously not matched in their lives to the group and trainers that trained them. The trip was so successful that it soon would be given donations upwards of $500,000. Now, despite the trip's conversion success, the old-timers, or the retired dope fiends, a.k.a. the Walking Dead, as Chuck liked to call them, remained a problem. So you remember how the alcoholics did not want to change and let the dope fiends in? Yeah. Well, these retired dope fiends weren't really happy with the way things were going, so... They wanted to cure the drug addicts and send them on their way. That's not what Chuck wanted anymore. It was, this is what we do. They live here. They stay here. So the ones, the one, the Walking Dead that went against Chuck, well, he went ahead and placed them in a 72-hour game that he called the Stew. (laughs) And he would harangue them for not seeing his vision. (laughs) So later, the flies, Chuck called uh, the youngsters in the group, took over the attack. And when they were all exhausted, Chuck would return and offer forgiveness for surrender. After they'd
1: been completely emotionally beaten into the ground and stood upon and ran over with the old uh, truck of emotion until they're Mm -hmm. nothing but mulch.
0: And just, just beaten, and, and then he comes in like you know, the god he I thinks he is, you. and puts his hands out. And, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, sorry, difference. white robes, just, check,
1: god complex, yes. check,
0: <laughs> big check, the biggest yeah. check mark
1: yeah. you can make. <laughs> Bunch of really stupid people to follow my ways, bigger
0: check. Oh, oh just, yeah, and then, but that's the thing. Uh, some of these people were incredibly intelligent, just I guess it's very even susceptible. A naive, naive or susceptible or just they have to have something to grab onto and they didn't have that i don't i don't i don't understand people that fall for cults but i used to be a christian so i guess i can't say a whole lot because it's pretty much the same thing uh, status. you were
1: pretty you were you were raised in it though weren't you like you mean like you were
0: uh no we we got into it um when i was eight My parents started taking me because we went a little bit when I was a kid, real little, um, stopped going for a long time. And then my brother was killed in a drunk driving accident. The pastor whose church we started going to after this was the one who actually came to the house, talked to my parents, um, calmed them down. Um, You know, we all saw it as always in heaven now and all this shit. And we started going. I was I was big into it for years. I I mean, I was I was like this close from learning you know going into the ministry myself um, the pastor used to call me Rev Kev because I was I mean I was into it I wore the, I wore the Christian t-shirts I was about to say the same school. thing I was about to say Rev Kev I wore, I wore the Christian t-shirts to school I had a bible in my backpack I listen—I only listened to Christian man I was huge in it and then you know I grew the fuck up uh, I wish well, other people would oh know. look look
1: you, you know my opinion on on the catholic church at this stage i'm pretty yeah. sure Any, anybody out of the 24 people that listen to us knows it but um <laughs> the i i i get it though you know what i mean like, i get the concept of like comfort and faith and all that stuff like you know and the ideals and sure. things and all that stuff i just um absolutely uh despise certain aspects of things and uh, sure you know yeah yeah like I've known people who are, have devout Catholics that like have said, like, you know, look, I know it's that they can't that this part here is bullshit. It's the ideal side things, or it's this, or it's the values, or the lessons, or it's all it's the it's the, the guideline or whatever you want to call it for life kind of thing. You know, it's the uh thing to right. follow. So Yeah,
0: just to explain
1: that side of <laughs> from my if, perspective. And if, you,
0: and if you can follow that and not go out of your way to fuck up other people's lives in the process then go right ahead that's the that's the main issue that I have with it but you know it is what it is and I'll have you know sir that we as of the recording of this podcast are getting upwards of 119 downloads a week (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted
1: you to confirm the actual number right there so I'm happy to just spitball a number it's like 24 people I'm down on the ball (laughs) the thing is I'd like to be able to thank the, the, the first 100 people and have them on record almost if we knew who they were you yeah, know like but nobody but,
0: ever fucking emails us yeah so
1: email me. if y'all have been email, listening damn, since just day email. one
0: just, just email, email us and say hey I'm one of your listeners we'll, we'll shout you out on the fucking episode first hundred people that right. get
1: it in I'm telling you now <laughs> y'all will get something nice
0: that's, that's what she said
1: yeah first hundred people, people that get in there you have the email address you have the socials.
0: Yep, Say hello. Not every,
1: yep. We know you're out there. So, we know you're listening.
0: As as Chuck's isolationist sentiments grew, he decided that what was good for the goose was good for the gander. When health problems forced him to uh, give up sugar and refined grains, the offending foodstuffs were cr- quickly removed from Synanon Kitchens when he started running in place to try to lose weight it quickly became compulsory for everyone to join him in this activity and when he decided he liked to wear so bib like overalls nice. <laughs> they quickly became so basically a wife the cult uniform yeah kind of hey i'm not we're not doing sugar anymore there's no sugar in the when i when i first met my wife she didn't give her kids any sugar Mm. they get the littlest dollop of maple syrup for like waffles and pancakes uh she used um uh was it trivia truvia whatever that i, I, I noticed yeah, right? I, I, yeah 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 yeah. I, I was, still, yeah I was like no this isn't this isn't gonna work for me <laughs> i love i love you but no no that's not gonna work and now we have i believe we have three bags of sugar in our kitchen right now
1: saying, yeah we, we were kind of starting to do it ourselves, but I start getting into baking again, so. <laughs> that,
0: yeah. That out the window. It, it, yeah. You have, to, you have to use real shit. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Most controversially, when Chuck's doctor advised him to give up smoking, an order was issued banning cigarettes. Who? The gravity of this ruling should not be underestimated, is that ever since the organization's founding, coffee and cigarettes had been the only chemical buffer between recovering addicts and the abyss yeah. of addiction uh, the smoking ban led to 150 members quitting on the spot. I'm just going to put it out
1: there right now if that was me, right, I've given up cigarettes that's okay but hearing the word coffee right? put it this way, this is how bad I am when it comes to coffee right? my coffee machine broke yesterday And I'm very, very picky about my goddamn coffee. Like, I hate instant coffee, but I had to do with instant coffee that morning. We drove to my wife's mother's, and the very first thing I did was go in and made myself a real proper cup of coffee in her house. (laughs) And we came home, and I went and bought myself a new um, French press so I can go and actually make Mm. proper coffee while nice I'm waiting to see if I get special deal on a new machine because I'm <laughs> gonna, I, I will not drink any more instant coffee but my god if that if he was to turn around and say cigarettes okay can deal with that but if coffee goes I'm sorry Chuck nah
0: you're out uh, well co- coffee never uh, coffee never gets uh banned no sugar though. I don't know you're how you safe say for now coffee, uh, no, uh, no, no sugar. sugar no sugar no no sugar? Okay.
1: I used to. I used to take a lot of sugar in it, and then I slowly weaned myself out of it.
0: Yeah. So, so he he saw all of these random changes as, quote, squeezing the rotten fruit out of Synanon. So he didn't care if people just left. Uh, Synanon was growing rich, and by 1972, there were 1,700 live-in residents who were either paying monthly dues, or working for almost nothing. Uh, a wealthy woman resident donated 000, 000. Uh, a million dollars. What? Another member gave Synanon control of his mortgage company. God. <laughs>
1: We're in the wrong line of business. That's it. We're getting out of the podcast business. We're getting into this whole cult thing. You know, um, right? So people that are listening to us, um, you are all... I'm gonna go I'm gonna use the chuck method here now, right, to try and get ourselves some followers, right? You're all pieces of shit. Okay. You're all terrible human beings. Send us money. <laughs> okay.
0: We love you really. We all now, we go love right. you.
1: Really. Don't do that. Now go write us a to say. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> Tell us about how wonderful we are <laughs> and how much of a piece of shit you know you yeah. are. And then send us a million dollars. I mean, that that's a big ass hotel though that they set up in. So wasn't it that gives that. Uh, Yeah, the Del Del Mar. Yeah, it was
0: was big. And then having an entire mortgage company just at your beck and call that they had complete control over. So they would use this to start, you know, uh, evicting people if they needed to because they started owning apartment buildings and shit. That's something we'll get to here in a second. So, added to this was Synanon's hugely profitable business of manufacturing corporate merchandising gimmicks. So, like, ballpoint pens, wallets, and t-shirts. And they, they were the second largest such firm in all of the United States. <laughs>
1: <Sorry>. <laughs> Synanon Land a couple up next, I'm guessing. Like, a <laughs> theme park where it has, a, like, basically, just like Disneyland. But uh, you get verbally abused as you walk in the door.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a small world after all. Some piece of oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at Tamales Bay, they had a fleet of ships at the Badger property. Hundreds of motorbikes and oh, trucks. God. Do you have a navy?
1: <laughs> Please don't tell me do you have a navy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unpermitted buildings, uh, trash dump, not to mention an airstrip and a private plane. It was also there oh, that oh, a luxurious complex... An
1: airstrip. you say? fuck. <laughs> on Air, serving all your airline
0: <laughs> It was also there that a luxurious complex known as The Home Place was being constructed. Uh, boasting hot tubs and riding stables, this is where Chuck, Betty, and some of Sinanon's elders could most often be found. Uh... The rank and file lived about a half a mile away in army style barracks. So, again, the leaders get the posh mansion, everybody under him. Uh, you sleep on cots, of course. Yeah,
1: that doesn't scream
0: culty dictatorship at all. Nope, not the slightest. So this, this doesn't all just go by smoothly. There were battles along the way, but each one seemed to strengthen Synanon and increase Chuck's suspicion of the outside world. In 1972, the San Francisco Examiner published a series of critical articles about the organization's increasingly eccentric character called the Racket of the Century. And, of course, Chuck sued. By this time, his group had a legal staff of forty-eight drawn from its residents, which included class topping Harvard educated lawyers. Again, smart people. Obviously not.
1: <laughs> like I'm sorry, like I, I, I'm going to from forevermore take anything to ever hear what Harvard educated. with the smallest amount of respect as possible now. Because, my God.
0: You just see somebody walking around in that maroon sweater with Harvard across, and you just go, you go, sure you're not in a cult? It's just ridiculous.
1: It's just, yeah. yeah.
0: Hearst newspaper uh, ended up settling out of court for $2.6 million. Pennies. Pennies to them at this stage.
1: They got more from that old woman
0: down the fucking
1: street. (laughs)
0: Like, <laughs> God. Oh, God. Okay, so now let's return to something I had hinted on uh, the first episode, and let's discuss the children of Synanon. Uh, as I had said, the children that were there were almost immediately removed from the parents and put in communal living conditions. Chuck saw that overparenting, or any parenting really, hurt the children's development more than helped it. And he definitely felt that it hindered any progress the adults could make. Or so he would want you to believe. Now, honestly, the kids were pulled away from the parents because A, I say A and then I put up number one. A, he didn't like kids and he didn't want anything to do with them. Two. And B, for control. For control. If you control when and how a person can see their children then you have full, complete control of their entire life. I mean, that's just, if if you're a parent, you understand. If somebody has your kids, then you'll do pretty much anything.
1: Yeah, like make sure they stay with them.
0: Yeah. So every kid had a buddy to help keep an eye on them, but this rarely worked to keep kids out of trouble. Violence and sexual assault ran, from what I read, rampant. Through these barracks, between the kids, I didn't see any sexual violence against children from adults. That's not to say that it didn't happen, but I didn't find right. it. Okay, but there was a lot of older kids, and when I say older kids, I'm meaning like twelve-year-olds taking advantage of like eight-year-olds.
1: That's just fucked up.
0: It's yeah. Look what the they're
1: being raised in a product of their uh of their upbringing effectively or their sort of their
0: their lack of their lack of upbringing. upbringing yes yeah yes. So now that's not to say that they were just thrown in a building to fend for themselves because they did have one or two what they call demonstrators that took care of their daily needs and watched out for them. Now these demonstrators didn't have any like actual training and taking care of children they weren't you know they weren't all the the best suited for the job they were just the ones that were picked Yeah, yeah they would have some classes but not the normal school stuff more arts and crafts music survival style classes but what they spent most of their time doing was working child labor yes pretty much if a kid was able to walk and talk a kid was able to work uh, whether it be cleaning the buildings, to doing lawn care, or any other various jobs, many of the children lost significant amounts of weight because of working all day and then rationed food. So mm. they have millions of dollars, and the kids are still pretty much getting gruel to eat every night.
1: I'm sorry, <laughs> Catholic Church again, ringing any bells? Billions <laughs> upon billions of I want- dollars. To- like Jeff Bezos, step like out of the way. Catholic Church, step on in here. You know, like.
0: <laughs> I would like some more, please. Yeah, and then
1: they still ask you for money on a Sunday. Oh, okay. So we have to uh-huh. support the church. You know, oh yeah. World hunger could be completely eradicated if they wanted to, let alone just these poor little kids here going hungry, yeah. having to lose weight. You know, today, today oh. play the game. Do the kids play the game? Do they sit around and verbally abuse each other? Are they kind of put into that scenario as well? Or or am I jumping here? Everybody,
0: everybody played the game. From the time you turned four all the way age four is when you started. <laughs>
1: yeah. You're a little poopy. Everybody yeah. played the game. <laughs> well, they smell. were
0: encouraged to they were encouraged to curse and yell and four year olds calling people cocksucking <clears throat> motherfuckers. I mean, that's that's what it was. <laughs> they were encouraged for that. But this is all another control tactic. Uh, Controlling how much someone is allowed to eat is textbook cult method. Textbook. Mm. So when they weren't working or in some kind of class, they were allowed to watch the usually one TV that the dozens of kids had to share or listen to The Wire. Now, The Wire was a radio station that played pretty much 24 hours a day and it only played the thoughts and ravings, new rules or announcements made by Chuck, Betty, or the elders.
1: So it's not the hit classic TV series starring Idris Elba.
0: In the 70s, no.
1: Like, to be fair, yeah, no, I know it wasn't around, but can you imagine if that was the case? <laughs> it's kind of, hey guys, you have a choice here. You can either kick shit out or you can watch The Wire. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: the fuck? McNulty all day long, please. Thank you very much. What the fuck did I do? So the the wire will come into play for the uh, the downfall of Synanon later. Here's a little tip for all of you out there that are planning on starting cults. Um, If you don't want to go to prison, don't do it. Don't don't have uh, audio record of all the things you want people to do. Don't be giving them help. It tips you know, and it's an educational pod. It's an educational podcast. We're here for everybody.
1: It's like somebody sticking on how, how to get away with murder.
0: An outlawing. We told people that if you're going to kill someone, make sure they're outlawed first. No, 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 no. We
1: specifically told somebody to go to the police station if they have killed someone to, to then double check after, yeah. like, yeah, because they're okay. trying to get okay. people to turn themselves if, in if in you've killed you have managed to get yes. some idiots. Fair enough. Yeah. I think it works. If you you have started a cult, by all means, please start audio recordings of absolutely everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: there you go. It's a smart choice, people. (laughs) This is what we're doing right now. We've
0: already got a record and said it. (laughs) So, physical torture through beatings, which will come soon, or constant work wasn't all. Chuck apparently wasn't a fan of of cats. Now a little trigger warning here because this will be the first but not the last time we see something horrible happen to animals. Just letting you know. So if you're warned Cover your ears, Smudge. When some of the kids at the Badger Compound found some kittens and tried to keep them as pets, the demonstrators took action. They had the kids put their specific kitten in a bucket in a shed or an outhouse. And then they made one of the older kids dump a chemical mixture, some kind of ammonia, in the bucket with the kittens, asphyxiating them with the fumes. Long, painful death that the children had to participate in. I'm not even going to. (sighs) You want to hug one of your cats real quick? Yeah, where are they? Where am I <laughs> <laughs> I got three inside. I'll, I'll give them pets when I go back in there.
1: It's strange one of them isn't in here, actually. Usually one of them is here.
0: That's yeah, kind of weird. Usually I see one crawling around you. Uh,
1: it's because we have a visitor. So, Oh, okay. Our, they're crawling around on them. We path. have one of our you new know, dad's friends is here, yeah, and they're all like,
0: ooh, hello. But the children that were there because of their parents weren't the only children there. Because of the status of Synanon and the, up to this point, fairly good light the program had been cast in, juveniles in the 70s were often sent to Sinanon by juvenile agencies or by courts on juvenile officers' recommendation. Which, even though Chuck couldn't stand kids, Sinanon wanted the kids to try to keep their tax-free status and place them in a militaristic punk squad, a forerunner of Scared Straight and other failed brats. camp programs, which we will we will get to them, uh, not the punk squad, we will get to Scared Straight near the end of the episode. So as these juveniles did not want to be there, Synonym methods like the game or the trip or shutting them off from the outside world. That <laughs> sounds like rapper names. <laughs> the punk squad. Do you have to game?
1: Yeah. No, no, no. oh, game, game. game? You have to no, no, no. You have the game. The, the, t- the game. The trip.
0: The game. The trip. Yeah, spelled
1: with several P's. I imagine. Yeah.
0: All those methods that had worked so well on people who wanted to be there failed because they didn't. And since screaming at them didn't work, violence was then permitted upon them, breaking for the first time, Cynanon's non-violent rule. Children uh, were st- yeah, I
1: see it is going.
0: Yeah. Children were struck across the face, knocked down, and otherwise punished, and then gamed. Soon, the okay on violence would spread to splittees suspected thieves, and perceived spies and enemies. But it would soon be used on the adult members as well. You kind of see...
1: <laughs> i trying to think of a way to put it. So, it's very obvious why all the methods worked on like the adults, like the... the people were previously alcoholics and drug addicts and all that stuff you know the people who were very susceptible to things and they were looking for something to obviously to cling on to in some ways yeah and somewhere to belong as well and all that other stuff whereas like you said yeah like the kids were just raised and were brought up into absolute utter hell and they didn't have any of those issues going in so why would how could it work on them like you know it's it didn't even think it could possibly work it's just ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Well, these the, and the, the the kids who were in the punk squad were pretty much delinquents, people who kids who just got in trouble, and instead of getting sent to juvie, uh, they would get sent there. Yeah, but they didn't give a fuck about what you had to say about them or what you did because they've been living the type of life where they're getting pushed around pretty much forever anyway. Right, yeah, uh, I would imagine for most of them. So in the summer of seventy three, Chuck was taking part in a game. And there was one female member that was showing him absolutely no respect. Kept interrupting him. Infuriated Chuck stood up, walked over to the woman, and poured a can of root beer over her head. Uh, It seemed small and petty, but the effect within Cinnanon was earth-shattering. No matter other changes that had taken place, the rule of the game had always been... No violence at all. Now, Chuck himself had broken that rule. Some wondered whether he had gone crazy. <laughs> had gone, had gone. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. but, <laughs> a bit late to a the party there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with all this other stuff, but root beer on the head—he lost <laughs> yeah, it. <sorry. laughs>
1: This guy must be (laughs) cray-cray. Some
0: Some of his more devoted followers preferred to see it as a sign, as a call to arms. Now, some older members of Synanon uh, balked at this, but they were forced to accept it or be gamed out of the organization altogether. The shift to violence led to a spat of internal purges within the group, or as Betty wrote, quote, we're beginning to find some creeps among the squares. (laughs) Some. Being the operative word. Your your husband's the fucking creep.
1: I'm sorry, I think the vast majority of people that were in there were creeps. Like, it's... Especially that Leonard Nimoy guy. But, um... (laughs) Ugh. I think it's crazy though the whole thing. Like, the, the, I love that it's the, it's, it's so typical <laughs> for people who are in a situation like that, where it's just batshit, absolute batshit crazy. Everything that's happening, and then they're like, hey, "That guy there, he's he. he well, he did there is a bit suspect now. You know, uh, well maybe we have a few bad apples amongst all these people who uh, are physically, emotionally abusing each other on a daily basis, and you
0: know, yeah, maybe." But root beer? That's the step too far.
1: You say, could you not afford so, it something nicer? because it like crystal or something with all the millions he's been getting in? Yes, sir.
0: Well, remember, they don't drink or do drugs, so... Oh, that's Cristal. true, actually. Yeah.
1: yeah, true. Forgot about that for a second.
0: I thought the same thing. I was like, man, you think it'd be like a Pabst Blue Ribbon or something. But no, root beer actually makes a lot of sense.
1: Now, what's that really fancy water that they have? The, um... Oh, Perrier yeah, or or Lacroix. Everybody's mad about that LaCroix. shit. <laughs> LaCroix. That is. Lacroix
0: tastes. Lacroix tastes like if you ran tap water over a yeah. lamp.
1: <laughs> That's like everybody seems to be mad about that stuff. It's just like I don't I know. Fucking hate is.
0: Lacroix. It's disgusting. I'll try it sometime. Beginning in 1974, the authorities began to question Synanon's promises and practices. So it took this long. The concept of lifetime rehabilitation did not agree with the therapeutic norms and eventually attorney Paul Morantz, one of the heroes of this story, would bring to the health department attention that the group was running an unauthorized medical clinic and taking in people with medical needs Sinanon had no license to treat. Tax issues arose in response to these accusations. Chuck declared in 1974 that Cinnanon was a tax-exempt religious organization and the Church of Synanon was born. I mean, you saw it coming.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Didn't see it coming as quickly as I saw the Church of Bacon coming, though. Did you ever see the Church of Bacon? No. It's a church I can get behind. Yeah, go on Google Church of Bacon there, people. It's a real thing. I'm sure.
0: Apparently. I'm sure it is. (laughs) <laughs> now, as So as a church, you can get away with even more outlandish uh, demands of your followers than you can just as a non-profit, not a cult, as he called it. So the question of children at Synanon had always been— tr- Like the Crusades? Yeah, Exa- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so the question of children at Synanon had been troubling Chuck even before the punk squad arrived. It had been usual for children born to families at Synanon to be separated from their parents and raised by the community as a whole, but Chuck now began to wonder whether this was too much effort. In a speech he gave on The Wire, he announced, quote, Now remember, the children can hear these speeches. There is no profit to this community in raising our own children, Every baby that we indulge a Synanon female with takes up a bed and somewhere between 100000 hundred thousand and two hundred thousand and $200,000 worth of energy. <laughs> he's not wrong. No, he's not. <laughs> and uh, to those who claimed they wanted to have a baby, he explained the experience was greatly overrated. Quote, I understand it's more like crapping a football than anything else. <laughs>
1: Him, all of his wise years of knowledge of giving birth,
0: <laughs> which might be the that might that oh. might have to be the the title of the episode: Crapping a Football. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't long before Chuck came up with a practical solution: all male members would receive vasectomies, no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and pregnant females were ordered to have abortions. Like,
1: see you later, Chuck. Yeah. Again.
0: <laughs> now.
1: Like, yeah, imagine, I can, I can only imagine sitting there my shaved head, white robe, you know, right, standing there with a pair of scissors. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no, thank you.
0: So some agreed immediately, <clears throat> rushing to Synodon's hospital. Others needed to be gamed into it. Now, regarding the baby ban, Chuck said, quote, Nothing is sacred just because it's been done for a million years. Curiously enough, only Chuck himself failed to receive the snip. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, all yeah. right. Okay, so one, he's the leader. He's not going to get his balls worked on. Secondly, yeah, he's yeah, way too old so. to yeah, have kids. He? He's you he's know. he's not going to be ha- <clears throat> him and his wife aren't going to be having kids anyway. Betty's way too old. So
1: uh, uh, that doesn't. Uh, that's how old is he
0: here now at this stage? Uh well he was born in nineteen 19- yeah, he was born in nineteen thirteen and it is nineteen seventy six. All right, so and he's I believe she's about the same age. 60s, he can still have kids. Yeah. But in 60s, so. he can still have kids, but Betty probably can't of course he can
1: as long as his junk isn't yeah. working but-
0: Betty probably can't. Yeah, but he has so.
1: ten million women sitting there who if he chose to
0: Well, as far as we know, he wasn't flandering around.
1: He can change the rules for everybody he wants, and he can get
0: well. We're gonna, we're gonna get to that in just a second, <laughs> it's all coming around. No not worry. So, by the end of 1976, uh, Cynanod had assets worth of 22 million dollars, with eight million dollars in annual revenue. By 77, Chuck was drawing an annual salary of a hundred thousand dollars, roughly 400,000 in today's money and received a $500,000 pre-retirement bonus. uh, Whatever the fuck that is.
1: (laughs) It's like severance pay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, before he's done. So he told Time Magazine that year, quote, a lot of guys could do this thing from an old Ford Roadster and sit in an orange crate. They're holy men. I'm not. I need a $17,000 Cadillac. Did you ever play King of the Mountain when you were a kid? I liked King of the Mountain. I won. I won. I was the firstest with the- What was the King Mo- of the
1: Mountain? We might have had a different name for it.
0: Uh, It's exactly what it sounds like. The, whatever. might have a different name here. Whatever, city, whatever the... you find, like a hill of dirt or Kind of a King of the Hill open. type thing. There was one person who was on top, and everybody else had to come try to knock. Yeah, it's King of the Hill, but it, yeah, he called it King of the Mountain. Yeah, I'm good at
1: that in Call of Duty, but uh, um, never- I don't nah nah because we didn't really have any any help or like a king of the I don't know yeah curb
0: oh we pl- we played all you go to a, like a construction site and you see a big thing of rock or dirt or something you'd, one person would be up there and everybody would try to push him off so you become Ooh, king of the hill yeah, yeah. yeah it's just a way for boys to hurt one another for about an hour or so before you all go home yeah anyway mm-hmm. so, so do you, you ever play king of the mountain when you were a kid I liked king of the mountain I won I won I was the firstest with the mostest. I was the smartest. I was older than the rest of the guys. I won. I won. The gang does not expect me to. Well, let me let me say this terribly unforgivable thing. That is the that is true of all people in position. I am not bound by the rules. I make the rules in very peculiar ways, which is about the most honest thing he's ever said.
1: Well, well, to be fair, I just have to give it to Old Chuck now. At this stage, right? He has been very straightforward and honest with those yep. things. Like he already admitted to having a god complex. He um he's very straightforward. I think he's too dumb to to lie, really. And I think he's too smart and too up his own ass to uh to say anything else.
0: He's too narcissistic. To yeah, that's to... that's the
1: word I was yeah. thinking of. Yep,
0: yeah. and. Here's a, here's a great example. So Synanon was beginning to get to the point where the violence was being less and less concealed. Uh, Chuck had always been sue-happy. From the San Francisco Examiner to the ABC to Time Magazine, sued them all, when they called Synanon a kooky cult, reporters were threatened, and Time's editor-in-chief was stopped outside his apartment by two men with shaved heads who told him, quote, We are going to ruin your life. Chuck said <laughs> on national television in an interview with Connie Chung, Maury Povich's wife, you are not the father, if that if that makes any Oh all right, no, yeah, I yeah. Care. Yeah, I don't recognize the
1: first name. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quote Oh Maury.
0: I do Maury. not know what these people might do. I do not know what action they may take against the people responsible their wives their children bombs could be thrown into odd places into homes of some of these clowns who occupy high places in time organization so he he goes on record on tv and says listen threatening people i'm i'm not saying i'm telling him to do it but you know, some of these people might end up killing a lot of you. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, yeah. Normally, people who who uh, commit kind of acts of terrorism or murder tend to admit it after the fact, yeah. not beforehand. After, not before, after. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, here's another thing for you, people. A little tip for everybody: yeah. if you're going to do something like that, tell everybody you're going to do it first.
0: Yeah, on national Just be TV.
1: Doing, well, think it to yourself: what would Chuck do? And this is what Chuck would do. You call so do it. That. I'll go,
0: you call up ABC, you say, is Connie Chung around? Yeah. I, know yeah. she's, I know she's in her 70s now, but is she around? I would like to let everybody know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah,
1: on the 12th of November, <laughs> I'm planning on doing this. Blah, blah, blah.
0: So at this time, Chuck was going through a pretty rough patch. In 1977, his right hand, his wife Betty, had died after a long battle with cancer. The entire organization was shook. Chuck found himself alone. So he did what any man does when in mourning over the death of his beloved wife. He- Turned to
1: his actual right hand. If you know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> he immediately announced that he would accept applications from any woman who wanted to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, six applied, six applied, and he eventually chose a 31 year old woman <laughs> that taught at the Patcher Complex. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> Was a lot of them. He has behalf. thousands of
1: tech followers, millions of investors. <laughs> yeah, yes, all these women, thousands of followers, all this load of shit, and he puts out the grand old thing of "I'm your great leader." I need a new woman. Six people. Six, six women. All
0: uh... six women. Oh, that's when you see, I'm like, I'm looking at a
1: photo right now of of uh, at least fifty women, at least fifty women sitting in a room. Uh, probably about a hundred women if I count all these bald heads, <laughs> and only six people.
0: Yeah. And this is just six. in this one photo. Out of all, out of all, out of all of them, at least six. Oh, that's hilarious. And out of these six, he eventually chose. A 31-year-old woman that taught at the Badger Complex, she was said to be sweet to the children and compassionate to their needs, young and beautiful. After marrying Chuck, she quickly became mean, bitter, and fat. (laughs) So, Chuck decides after he got remarried that it would be the best process for all the followers to do as he has done and to keep from pain of love and loss, everyone that was married was to immediately get a divorce and find a new mate and get married. Stay married for no more than three years and then get divorced and find a new mate again. Rinse and repeat. I don't you
1: know. even know what to say to that. That's, Hurrah, say 20% of the males, I'm sure. And there's always going to be the, the few
0: right now honestly honestly this had nothing to do with saving those from the pain of love and loss just like making others quit smoking or eating sugar or any of the other things he made them stop doing because he had to stop doing it he made everyone divorce their loved one and find new mate because he was hurting from the loss of betty and he wanted everyone to feel the same pain he did and then multiply it by having to watch the one you love Marry someone else, and on, can you imagine
1: being in the mail, right, in in there? Yeah, and you know, you're a married man, yeah. right? So you're not going. You're going to know what the look is, right? The look that your wife gives you if, if you even fucking think about doing that. <laughs> look, can I imagine them all standing there receiving the news from Chuck saying, "This, y'all, everyone here has to divorce their current spouse yeah. and remarry," and. I can imagine all wives just turning and looking at all their husbands, <laughs> giving them the look of oh, "if you even think about doing that shit." <laughs> oh, well, and
0: and you, you may and you may think, oh well, you just get divorced, marry somebody, but you 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 know you stay with your old, uh, your old spouse, but you're technically married to somebody else. No, they would make you go in a, a room, a, a consummation room, and make the marriage a marriage, if you know. Oh, that I'm sounds saying. delightful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, that was, tor- that was, that was horrible. <laughs>
1: Walk-ins room covered in plastic sheeting.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah that was it was horrible just the one room. And there's a queue outside for everybody. Just <laughs> literally just-, <laughs> just
0: standing there in line. Not
1: to be confused, the constipation room, that's next door. Yeah. right.
0: Uh, also, with the sugar thing, eventually over the wire, Chuck comes on and says, uh, something along the lines of, I had a Snickers today. It was delicious. Sugar is no longer banned. <laughs> so they take their money and they go out. Old Snickers. And they start buying. They make lists. Everybody gets to tell them what they want. They go out and they go to sure, the grocery sure, store. Sure, sure. And they buy all this sugary stuff. And they come back and none of them can eat any of it because it's so much sugar their bodies want to shut down their teeth start yeah, yeah, yeah. to hurt and rot uh, they said that for for months the sweetest thing any of them could eat was un on uh, un, unflavored but just plain cake donuts were the sweetest things they could eat the eventually they worked their way up to eating more sweets and you know everything being fine again but for a long time they were in pain right, that's
1: I, I yeah I didn't think about that to be fair
0: yeah. So even with the sterilization and the decimation of the family unit, Sinanon continued to have trouble with its youngest members. Encouraged to play the game at the age of four, many children, especially those assigned to Sinanon, began running away. Helped by an underground railroad laid by, led by neighboring rancher Alvin Gambi, Gamboni, or is it Gambonini? I saw it spelled two different ways. So it's either Gamboni or Gambonini, um, who was another hero of this story. And he sought to return these kids to their parents. A Cinnon mob beat Gamboni in front of his family. I mean, badly. Uh, I Googled it.
1: Gambonini. Gambonini. G-A-M-B-O-N-I-N-Y. It's two ends in there. It's a weird, it's
0: a very weird thing. It's (laughs) a gabbanini. Um so Alvin. I don't have the whole breeder uh list of exactly what happened, how it happened. You can go on Paul Morantz's website if you really want to know. I'll have a link up to it and look at exactly the the series of events that happened to him getting beaten in front of his family it really is terrifying but there's a lot of stuff that goes through it all you need to know is that they came to his farm they tracked him down they pretty much confronted him and his family while they were in their car pulled him out and beat the living shit out of him with shotguns and clubs and an axe handle and all that stuff Uh, it's it's pretty
1: pretty just jealous because he still had use of his testicles you see
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe and he had his children But even though neighbors and locals continued to call in the abuse of the children, Chuck wasn't too worried, largely because the sheriff was firmly in his pocket and both of the deputies were loyal Sinanon members. When Gambonini and others called the sheriff, they were told that someone would have to die before they would intervene. Jesus. All right. Now, this sense of security notwithstanding, a doomsday philosophy was growing within Synanon. Chuck was increasingly espousing a we versus they philosophy with the outside world, and his paranoia was infusing the group. Brawls over alleged slights were increasingly common between members and locals, leading Chuck to create a specialty training force to protect Citadon's people and property. Now, Dan, last episode, you were trying to guess the name of not so much the police group, but the new style of Just martial the arts they use. Do you have any more guesses before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like,
1: a... No, I was thinking. That if I don't... With the police force. is think it was like synonym PD or one of those things. Or no, actually, the police on.
0: force has a very has a pretty classy, almost. I, don't know, I hate this. Can't really put a, put a tag it's on like it. A decent, it's, it's a yeah. decent. It's a decent. It's not. It's
1: not quite like. It's not quite like our D and D magic police force. No name. <laughs> no, um, a bunch of dicks. Um. <laughs> No, I couldn't. I can't remember what I said the previous time. I don't I remember. Was... I'd
0: have to go back and listen, but I know you, you got, I mean, you were on the right track when it came to the martial arts. You were You were, You were. were really going down the right road.
1: I'm trying to even think of different forms of martial arts now. That I can tell you. Like, it's like you just keep thinking of those short, it was, snappy names okay, of Kendall so, Juno.
0: So it was a form of karate, but there's nothing about karate in the name. They use a, it's a form of karate, but they use a different form of martial arts for their name. They're completely fucking idiots. Okay.
1: All right. Okay. Go on. Tell me. So the police I'm on, I'm on the my seat. Group,
0: the police group, he called the Imperial Marines, not that Star
1: Wars. Yeah. And, and,
0: and actually I believe for a while they called, uh, it was Betty's organization and he called them, they called them her majesty's Imperial Marines. So, you know, whatever. All right. Okay. And he would sit. And, a, yeah, sorry. yeah, but he would sit and watch with glee as they practice a special form of karate they named sinodo <laughs> <laughs> Why did I not get that? S <laughs> Y N O apostrophe D O. Oh, That is the best name ever. Or not a pod dash D O. Whatever. sinodo uh. and all I could think of is cinnamon Do. That is... Bun. S- oh,
1: that is an absolutely fantastic name for martial art uh, if if I make a fighter class in Dungeons and Dragons he is going to be a synodal master <laughs> That's what he, or a monk if I make a monk he's going to have to be a synodal master
0: synodal master he's bald yeah. and he wears dungarees yeah. under his white robes
1: he ain't got no balls
0: <laughs> <laughs> no balls well snip snipped
1: uh, yeah, yeah sniped out so the ma- they're still kind of half hanging off. Yeah. You know, they, they it didn't, off. They didn't do the surgery correctly.
0: <laughs> the Imperial Marines were only the tip of the iceberg. When you saw Synanon's residents standing in a line in their uniforms of dungarees and their shaved heads, you saw less a utopian community, more an angry militia. Now, this comparison was made even stronger when it was revealed that Synanon had bought over three hundred. $1,000 worth of guns and ammunition. Oh, that's nothing. Well, it spend more. Yeah. Well, in the 70s, that's a lot. So Synanon members ended up buying stock in ABC and attended stockholder meetings and naming their names, the members identifying themselves as former members of Murder Incorporated asked the board uh, asked if the board had protection for their wives.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Murder Incorporated was uh, was that not a group in
0: America, in New York
1: or New Jersey or something?
0: That's a possibility, but Is that, I, that was I, a
1: legit I... thing. Well, yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a legit thing. Yeah, all, I must look it up But, they had, but they're thing, all you know, lying. Like, but they're all lying.
0: <laughs> they're none of them. They're stating Murder. that are
1: members of Murder Incorporated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Chuck Chuck would start <laughs> comparing Synanon to the Mafia. Now, despite Sinanon's intimidating stature, a few sought to shed light on its abuses. Paul Morantz, crusading Los Angeles attorney, and again one of the stories, uh, one, one of the stories, one of the heroes of this story, had sought to free members whose families believed they had been kept against their will. In 1977, in Santa Monica, Sinanon took in a woman in a pre-psychotic break and would not return her to her husband, and transferred her to Tamales Bay. The husband hired Morantz.
1: Just as a quick thing before we continue on.
0: Yeah.
1: snip in here. Murder Incorporated. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. It was an organized crime group, active between 1929 and 1941, according to Wikipedia, and they were an enforcement arm for the Italian-American Mafia, uh, or the Jewish mob. Mm Mm-hmm um and they were um connected to organized crime in new york city and elsewhere and they are responsible to be responsible for between 400 to 1000 contract killings
0: nice well yeah, pay- so they were day.
1: known basically yeah so they're known basically then for being Dangerous assholes. Yeah, but none why.
0: of these, none of these motherfuckers in nineteen seventy-seven are former med- members of Murder Incorporated. If Murder Incorporated, no, nah, in the
1: old dudes, like you know, it's a couple of really old foggy guys walking up. I used to be in Murder Incorporated. I tell
0: you. <sighs> okay, so again, the the husband of the woman hires Morant's. Uh, He had recently just finished a case against persons who had kidnapped Skid Row alcoholics and kept them on Thorazine in nursing homes in order to build a state. In 1977, Rance won a $300,000 judgment against Synanon for abducting and brainwashing the woman. Now, this news sent Chuck into a rage. Soon afterwards, he spoke on The Wire announcing the organization's new religious posture don't fuck with Sinanon. <laughs> again, he's putting this all imagine,
1: out. Did they put that on a t-shirt with all the rest of their <laughs> stuff that they put out? Like they have wallets, they have toddies, apparently, all that load of stuff. No, they but just, we don't will. Don't We <laughs> yeah, will. Yeah, we, you know, we should pull it on the back of one of them. Yeah, don't fuck with <laughs> Don't fuck
0: with <laughs> Not so much that we're a part of it, but we're telling you as a warning. Please don't fuck with yeah. Sinanon. So, quote... We're not going to mess with the old-time, turn-the-other-cheek religious posture. Our religious posture is, don't mess with us. You can get killed dead. Literally yep. dead. I am quite willing to break some lawyer's legs and break his wife's legs and threaten to cut their children's arms off. That is the end of that lawyer. This is a very satisfactory, humane way of transmitting information. I really do want an ear in a glass of alcohol on my desk. Yes, indeed. What? <laughs> Again. All of this is recorded. You fucking idiot.
1: I should look. He thought he was untouchable. He was that narcissistic.
0: Yeah. Oh, he, thought, know, he, really a, he really thought, thought he was He really thought he was Because like. he thought he was going to be running the world within the next few years. Yeah, yeah. So a grandeur... And, and you know what? A big thing's going to come that probably what she said if, 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 if this big thing hadn't happened that has nothing to do with him it it might have kept going but we'll get to that in, in a little bit so a grand jury in Marion County pushed by Marantz issued a scathing report in March of 78 attacking Synanon for its child abuse and for the profits that flowed to Chuck uh, weapons threats and also attacking authorities for their lack of oversight Remarkably, the authorities refused to intercede. Though local newspapers and broadcast media covered the case, they were largely silenced by lawsuits from Synanon lawyers charging libel. Local authorities refused to investigate after the grand jury report issued, and this caught the attention of Dave Mitchell, who ran a small weekly, The Point Reyes Light, and Mitchell found the report rejection was led by the sheriff, who had turned out to be nominated for sheriff with the help of Sinanon, And he of had course. given gun permits to Chuck and his second-in-command, Dan Garrett. Sinanon members were instructed in, again, in writing. You're giving them evidence. He instructed members in writing to physically harm others but then take responsibility for it and never reveal Synanon's involvement. Those who went to jail for Synanon (laughs) were treated as heroes, and Chuck officially declared a holy war. Just what you want to hear. I think it's holy for
1: a different reason. Well, he thinks he's he's a god, so,
0: I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. These weren't just idle threats made to rile up his members. They took violence seriously. Locals that got too close to the property were chased down, kidnapped, and beaten. Former members of uh, f- a former member of Sinanon, Tom Cardinot, was severely beaten for being an alleged spy, while t- um, he was tied to a post during his honeymoon. When he took his bride to show her where he had once lived, he was just driving by the place. Like, oh, yeah, I used to live there. I'll show you. And oh, right. ch- I, to,
1: I was just, I was assuming this was like his seventh marriage or so. The, no, like, no,
0: he, he, he's, no he, span thing. he was a splitty. No, this is, he was gone. He was a splitty. He got out, he was gone. Yeah. He had met somebody, he was getting married, and he's like, hey, let me show you where I used to live. And they chased him. This was before the violence started. They chased him down, tied right. him to a pole, and beat him. Uh, A local man named Rod Edson, uh, after a little skirmish on the road, refused to apologize to a Synanon elder and was pistol-whipped and hospitalized while shotguns were held on his watching family. Uh, He and his family were represented by Paul Morantz in a civil suit. Uh, (laughs) Many young teenagers who got too close to Synanon property were beaten brutally by Synanon mobs. Teeth were knocked out, believed trespassers were taken into basements of uh, Del Mar building and worked over. Synanon would evict people from, remember that mortgage company, and they got all these apartment complexes. Uh, Synanon evicted people by tossing them and their belongings out of the apartment, over balconies, and even off of a roof. Nice. Yeah. So, like,
1: basically you could be walking out to, down the street to go get yourself some milk and bread from the local store. And you happen to go on the wrong side of the sidewalk. Because y'all need to be reminded in America that, that you walk on the side of the road. Which I always tell us hilarious. But um, yeah, like, yeah,
0: you to get the shit kicked out of you. You could. Just for happening to walk. You could. Yeah, that's. Yeah, if you were in the wrong spot at the wrong time, yes, you could get, I mean, and again. He has sugar, get him. Again, if you want to know more, get more detailed about some of those, uh, link in the show notes, paulmorantz.com. Uh, it'll be on there. You can go and you can read. He's got pages and pages of all these of all this shit in detail. So in the summer of 1978, NBC produced a hard-hitting news segment on Cidonon. Following its broadcast, executives of the network and its corporate chairman received. Hundreds of threats from Synanon members and supporters, including letters that said, your actions place you in legal and physical peril, and we're going to teach you a lesson you'll never forget. In uh, September 21st, 1978, ex-member Phil Ritter was severely beaten by two members, causing him to fall into a coma. Sorry, did you
1: just say podcast mogul Phil Better?
0: (laughs) No, Phil Ritter. The podcast mogul? Phil Ritter. The podcast mogul Phil Better. Not the award-winning podcast (laughs) mogul Phil Better. Phil Ritter was severely beaten by two members, causing him to fall into a coma for a week. Fluid leaked into his spine, causing a near-fatal case of spinal meningitis. Former Synanon president Jack Hurst spoke out against Synanon, and again a trigger warning for the animal abuse. He came home to find his home door open, and his dog, hang, sick bastards.
1: The dog just couldn't. Yeah, children deal and with this. children
0: and dogs. You leave the children and you leave the. I should say that
1: the the dog tried his best to defend the home, but it just could not handle the martial arts of synodal <laughs> it was all the synodal
0: That's, that happened yeah synodal so the dog's like I can handle the synodal and I can handle the baldness right. but I can't handle the synodal and the baldness all in the, the baldness all in one yeah.
1: the whole it's package too much. it's too much okay. I can I can just imagine the guys standing there practicing this martial arts I don't want to get hung up but it's, actually making the noises like they do in the kung fu movies like, oh,
0: <laughs> all I can think <laughs> about <laughs> Do you guys? Do you watch? Uh, have you ever seen? It's always always sunny in Philadelphia.
1: Of course, I have. Yes, yeah, and I have it. But two seasons. The first, with, yeah.
0: the first couple seasons, where Mac is always doing his fucking martial arts. That's all. Oh, that's his karate. All, that's all yeah, I yeah, can think yeah. about. I think of is <laughs> Mac and his martial arts. <laughs> Nightman.
1: Well, that's the um, <laughs> pop culture reference taken care of, as far as I'm concerned.
0: There you go. So. Dan, I told you not to look up anything on this because there was uh, some of it I wanted your actual response to, and this, this is this is really the thing that I didn't want you to see. But I knew if you looked up Sinanon, this would probably be the first thing that comes up. So probably the most famous or infamous thing that Sinanon did in his uptick of violence and the event that would lead to its eventual downfall of Chuck and Sinanon as a whole was what happened on October tenth. 1978. Paul Morantz was at his home in the Pacific's Palisades, getting ready to watch the Dodgers and Yankees in Game 1 of the World Series. He had decided, for the first time in a very long time, that he was going to, ironically, take a break from all the Sinanon business and just take an evening off. Dan, I don't think there's any way in hell you would ever be able to see this coming. Before the game,
1: All right, so the guy is chilling out. Yeah, he's just he's
0: just he's getting ready to watch sport that watch game most one. people,
1: just so you know, what you are decided upon, don't really understand. That's fine. It, yeah, but you know, you know, what baseball American is. cricket, American yeah. cricket. That's what kind of, it is, yeah. right? I, I don't understand cricket. <laughs> that's why? But um, yeah, yeah, he's just nobody a, does, not even cricket the cricket players.
0: <laughs> for like the first day in God knows how long, he's just going to sit down and enjoy himself. No synonym on business again, ironically. So before the game, he decided to check his mail. Inside the mailbox was a strange-shaped package. Uh, Maybe a scarf? He reached in to grab whatever it was. Then with blinding speed, sudden movement from the, quote, package, and a severe pain in his hand. Morant's address had been announced over the wire at the Badger compound for days before this. Chuck asking his followers who would have the guts to go to L.A. and do something about the lawyer. So two of the Imperial Marines took it upon themselves to place a de-rattled rattlesnake in Marantz's I was going to say, yeah, was, it sounded like a snake. <laughs> Luckily... But they they were smart enough to take the rattle off, so he wouldn't be uh, alerted. Luckily, the bite yeah, didn't yeah. it didn't kill him. He did, however, spend eleven days in the hospital. So the majority.
1: <laughs> He's very lucky. He is very lucky. Yeah, that that I've seen um, a video before of a guy showing what rattlesnake venom does. Uh-huh. To human blood, yep, and it was—it's
0: horrible. It's, it's <laughs> horrible. <horrifying. laughs> it like,
1: like, just to give it, give it a description, right? So, I remember he literally took it. No, they did it through the cotton top of the bottles, sort whatever, of, and they basically make the venom yep. go into a jar, and they did yep. that, and then they had a glass, like a, it was like a martini glass, that they had with blood in it, and then they poured some of the venom in. They put like two drops in or something like that, and the blood basically turned to jelly.
0: I've Which seen that what video. It, I know what
1: it you're does. It about. is, <laughs> It is like of- it made me just like, ah, oh, yeah. If I ever saw a rat, I thinking, I'd be gone. <laughs> see you later, yeah.
0: oh. So now, the vast majority of this violence was overlooked for a long time. That is until November seventeenth, nineteen seventy-eight. That was the day that nine hundred plus people, including an American congressman died in Guyana, in South America, in which what would become known as the Jonestown Massacre. So, suddenly, the authorities could no longer look the other way in what, in the cold light of day, was undoubtedly a cult. They finally finally,
1: they, go. They just okay. couldn't keep up with the Synod, though. That's what it was, again.
0: It's, it's a cult. You
1: know, they tried to fight them off as best they could, but they just couldn't deal with the Synod, though. I can just imagine so, all, these, all the Synod Synodon members arriving, looking like the Power Rangers, going around punching people <laughs> in the face and killing them all. You know.
0: <laughs> synod! Within days of the Jonestown Massacre... Sinanon was raided by the police. Uh, Los Angeles district attorney search warrant led to the discovery of an audio tape wherein Chuck bragged of beatings that had occurred, the Imperial Marine training, and said one day the message would be delivered to everyone, quote, don't mess with Sinanon. you can get killed dead, physically dead. Marantz's name was mentioned in the tape along with the threats to get the wives and children of adverse lawyers. If it isn't for Jonestown, they don't take what's going on at Cinnamon seriously at all.
1: Yeah. And this
0: continues. Because of Jonestown, they go. So, Jonestown
1: back. is a completely isolated event that has nothing actually to do with Jonestown has kinda...
0: nothing to do with Sinodon at all.
1: Ah, right. So, scrap my comment about Sinodon because they obviously had no good form of martial arts in which to kick these people's asses. see, that was. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jones-ton... if the people of Jonestown were trained in the ways of Sinodon, they would have been able they to. They could have fought themselves.
0: off the flavor aid. And yeah, not... <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's the one people. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah well, I, they drink the Kool Aid, but it was actually flavor aid. Yeah. So the, the authorities looked at Jonestown, they go, fuck. Jim Jones was just like Chuck. That turned out to be a cult where everybody died. This is a fucking And <laughs> everybody's going, God <laughs> damn it. So just before the snake incident, as we'll call it, Chug Chug, Chuck Chug, Chuck, Chuck fled. Oh he will. Just oh, just wait. Chuck <laughs> fled to Europe to escape a warrant for his arrest in Washington D.C. And it was in Europe where he started drinking again. He would of soon
1: wonderful r- drinking culture over to side.
0: He On would most of Yeah. He would soon return to America heading to their new 1 million dollar compound at Lake Havasu, Arizona where over 30 law enforcement officials descended to arrest Chuck on the charge of conspiracy to commit murder. They found him, quote, in a stupor, staring straight ahead, an empty bottle of Chivas Regal in front of him. Nice. He was so drunk that he had to be carried to jail on a stretcher. Where did he go in Europe? Like, like... Uh, it didn't say. Uh, it's probably out there somewhere. Um, but I didn't see anything of it's, it. It's going to
1: sound very offensive to the American audience when I say this. What um, Americans seem to take sure. everywhere in Europe is just straight up just Europe. Like, you ever hear? Like we hear it in movies and TV shows all the time. Oh, I went to Europe. I went to Europe. Europe's a very big place, people. Just saying. And it's very, very diverse and very, very different. To say you went to Europe is, like, I don't know how hell to describe it. Like, to go to Germany or France or Denmark. Yeah. Or Poland, but let's see for Belgium, us, all very different say, people.
0: Just say we say, oh, I went to Europe, and it could be a bunch of different countries. But you know, over there, you could say, oh, I went to America. Yeah, uh, but there's are one
1: single year country though. That's the way we'd be looking at it. Like, well, you know, we're but, we're
0: technically one country, but we're 50 different countries inside. World yeah, country, really, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. It comes but I'm it, yeah, yeah. Because you could go to New York and you can go to California. There's a big difference like, actually. It's really funny if you say. Two. Somebody
1: here, have you been to America? They say,
0: well, I've been to New York. Say, well, that that's the same American. thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's For what? Yeah. yeah, I've been to San Francisco. I've been to America in the 1950s. I mean, I went I went last week, but I went to Alabama. So it's the 1950s there. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> how tra- traveling to, through time. Yeah. Time uh, travel
1: Israel, go to Dublin or come to here.
0: Very different. <laughs> so to this day, there is a disagreement over whether Chuck ordered the violence. Per, uh, perpetuated by Synanon members or merely stoke the rage. Uh, former Synanon attorney Philip Burnett insists it was the latter, but three declarations written in 1983 Spouse. by three Synanon officials in exchange for immunity from prosecution stated that Imperial Marines prepared a hit list of Synanon enemies that was approved by Chuck's assistant, Walter LeBule The hit list included former Synanon President Jack Hurst, whose guard dog was found hanged, Phil Ritter, who was beaten within an inch of his life, and Paul Morantz. They allege that Security Chief Art Warfield had directed Imperial Marine Joe Musigo, a Vietnam vet, to find a hitman to kill Morantz. Now remember, they have millions upon millions of dollars. But when Musico reported the job would cost ten thousand, Cynon executives deemed the price was too high and ordered the Marines to quote take care of Morants themselves. I know we have millions, but <laughs> you spend the ten thousand dollars to get the job done. That right. sounds like <laughs> what
1: the Irish government would do. Just just saying that sounds exactly like what our government would do, be like, hey, we have a uh, two hundred billion euro in which we can use to invest in this one exact road here, what will we do? Spend five euro. Pfft. That's basically the way it happens here. Well, it, it's that like Bill really Nye. Similar.
0: It's like Bill Nye has said: everything on the NASA space shuttle was put on there and built by the lowest bidder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not you don't always get quality. Now, in his subsequent yeah. deposition, Chuck claimed to have a quote very dim memory of 1977 due to a series of strokes but this motherfucker is so narcissistic and in such a need to be seen as the guy and seen as all-powerful that even when the question of whether or not he knew exactly what was going on in his organization and having the chance to say that he was ignorant of the violence, he said, quote, Most of what Synanon did in 1977, at least what I knew about, I approved of because, as I pointed out before, over and over again, I'm one hell of a good executive, and not too much ever went on in the organization that I ran that I didn't approve of. I didn't know of everything that went on, of course. You literally, literally, <sighs> are saying, "Did you yes, know? Did. did you know about all this violence?" And he could have literally said, "I had no idea," <laughs> and tried to at least. And he's like, "Oh yeah, they don't do anything." Without yeah, then, yeah, them but to. then there's also tapes
1: of him going. Yeah, There's but I mean, still, saying, this, you lie. Guys. Lie. Sure
0: lie for long incite,
1: Yeah, he's... But he he's can sort of, He's inciting the violence, but he's, he's, he's trying to get them to do it, like, you know, it's, and it's, it's not as if he can even have plausible deniability or even have yeah. coded messages or anything, you know? So,
0: in 1980, Chuck pled no contest to conspiracy to commit murder. He was fined $10,000, which if he would have just spent the $10,000 in the first place, he would have had Morantz killed, and he wouldn't have this problem. it will all be okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I don't think, no. <laughs> if, if the Jonestown thing is the catalyst realistically, but though, isn't the,
0: it? But he got arrested for conspiracy to commit murder on Paul Morantz. Ah, uh, but that's the
1: first thing they got that could stick. Surely, like yeah, I mean, yeah. sure they would they
0: have kept looking things. for stuff. But again, he was, uh, yeah, he but that was the first. Off. I say
1: that's the thing that got the warrant, kind of thing. They like, kind of like, he yeah, was
0: he was jetted off for... to Europe. I, I think it would have. He probably would have ended ended up getting caught, but it would have taken a lot longer, and it would have been for something less than committing murder, co- conspiracy to commit murder, anyway. And on yeah. top of that, he was sentenced to five years of probation. Uh Morantz agreed to let Chuck avoid prison time. I don't get that whole Chuck, thing of well, Chuck probation had, thing. Chuck had failing health. He would have never made it in prison and Morantz was actually the one who said, "Go ahead, give him it's probation." So fucking fine. what? Stick him in. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And what probably the the, the, the worst pun- Oh, probably the worst punishment he could possibly get. a uh, 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 Aside from giving the money and aside from the probation or any jail time he would have done, the worst thing they they did to him was they barred him from having any affiliation with Synanon. They took all that power.
1: Away. Oh, poor Chucky.
0: Now absent of its charismatic leader, the group floundered <laughs> I can't The IRS going.
1: <laughs> Lord of the flies ensues. It turns into the running man. <laughs> the irs revoked
0: its tax sorry did you
1: ever, did you, if you watch sorry is gonna say if you ever watch at the start of the running man and they first get launched through the tubes and stuff and they're in like the bit where it's made out to be like, as if like it's like a proper city just with tons of absolute scumbags in it even though it's actually yeah. like a fairground but um i just imagine that this just turns into basically that you know just- gone it's just barrel <laughs> fires the amount of barrel <laughs> fires would just be, and that's why he started all these fires. You know, yeah, yeah, it's just it loads of barrels everywhere with fires lit in them, you know. And then, yeah, Mad Max as well mixed in there.
0: <laughs> so the IRS revoked its tax-exempt status and ordered Cenon to pay seventeen million dollars. Uh, in the lengthy court battle that ensued, Marantz provided hundreds of documents he'd unearthed that implicated Chuck and other Cenon officials in crime acts. The court finally ruled against Synanon in 1984, finding that it had a policy of terror and violence and practice of diverting corporate recess resources for the enrichment of individuals. Synanon declared bankruptcy, and in 1991, formally dissolved. Though, there is a branch that carries on in Germany. Goddamn Germans. Goddamn Germans. Now, not, now, this isn't to mention the spawn of almost the entirety of the tough-love-troubled-teen industry. Programs like the anti-drug program Daytop, whose founder in 1963, saw possibilities in Cinnanon, which would lead to the Elan School in 1970 in Maine, which used boxing rings as therapy. Uh, the Phoenix House, founded in 1967— which led to the seed in 1970, where investigators uh, likened it to brainwashing in 1974, led to Straight Inc, uh, which was Nancy Reagan's favorite anti-drug program, which was closed in 93 for abuse lawsuits. But not before leading to the Christian programs like New Horizons Youth Ministry and Love and Action, who practiced the straight model uh, to quote, cure gay teens. Kids Inc., which ended up paying over $10 million in child abuse settlements. Pathway Family Center, founded by former straight staff, CDU, which was born directly out of Synanon by former members in 1967 was shut down in 2005 amid, again, allegations of abuse. Various boot camps for adult, for young offenders, wilderness programs like Challenger, Summit Quest, and North Star Expedition that have closed in the wake of kids' deaths, and worldwide association of specialty programs, which were shut down due to lawsuits brought on, yet again, by allegations of abuse. All of that came from Synanon. Now, after being convicted, Chuck moved with his wife into a double-wide mobile home, and he died in 1997, a few weeks shy of his 84th birthday. That, my friends, is the story of Chuck Diedrich and the cult of Synanon.
1: <laughs> Master of the martial arts,
0: of Sinodo, <laughs> <of Synodal>. which <laughs> is the which Yoda is what the movie one
1: is all about. That's what it is. The movie one is the one is all about the formation of Sinodo. There you go. That's what I firmly believe. Um, yeah, that that's all kinds of fucked up. I gotta say, just for a quick thing, one thing I found through scouring through things on Wikipedia and stuff like that was the uh, the specific torture method. One of the things to do with the specific torture method is the, the therapy thing, yeah. as you were saying, is referred to here as attack therapy. If people want to want to look that up, it's loads of other people who I don't know for how many, um, of the other groups that we may end up talking about that are in it. So I don't want to go into too much detail, but just different groups, loads of different groups that seem to use the method, including Sinan
0: cd was um, and the big one that just got
1: shut down i sent i sent you a link right so if you if you google synonym right um there is an image that comes up immediately on google images yeah so and you'll see the picture this whole thing i didn't read through that because i didn't want to read through it so i don't know uh-huh. how in detail it gets into the whole story right but if you look at that first link to me to any irish people that are listening to this now it looks like a sinead o'connor convention Yeah. And I sent him a link also to Sinead O'Connor. Sinead young picture, you should, yeah, um, got out um to uh, I don't know what way to describe that woman. But anyway, um, yeah. So if you Google it and I Google Sinead O'Connor, then basically you will see exactly what sort of followers are like. It's the first thing I thought of when I saw it. I was like, ah, oh, that has to be a Sinead O'Connor convention. <laughs> but no,
0: no, it's Sinead.
1: It isn't the, the Irish national treasure. That is Sinead. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh as we said in the last one, or just a movie
0: being made. There was I m I don't know if there's a uh, Yeah, or right is it a documentary there's, or something like that being there's, made? There's a, there was a podcast that Robert Downey Jr. and his wife did about Cynadon called Um The Sunshine Place. It's very well done. Listen, go there's listen a, to that. After. Movie made
1: in nineteen sixty five as well. Yeah. Cynodon with in yeah. With,
0: uh, with Eartha Kitt the with yeah. the Catwoman herself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd, I'd, I might have to check that out the, yeah. the, the the, second best Catwoman after Halle Berry obviously <laughs> oh god come on I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, we all know Eartha was the best no no no, no. Eartha what's um oh god I, I'm broke remembering people's names I can remember quoting I can remember stupid scenes and different things but the names always escape yeah. me is the classic Batman TV series Kapow Kapow one Yeah. Catwoman in that um, I can never remember her name
0: Oh, I don't remember
1: but, who that was. No, but uh, I kind of, I have. I would say I'd have people screaming at me about it, but nobody ever messages us. So message me, so email, I M it. It. Uh, D B, and let us know who D- is it. the actor who played Catwoman. Well, while well, you're looking that um, up, uh, like I'm fight. not looking it up. I'm gonna make oh. sure people oh, we have, message oh, yeah, you, us. Okay, yeah, us we're that. not.
0: Okay, that's fine. You have people tell us. We'd like to thank uh, the Eye for an Eye podcast starting off this episode. We'll have a link to their show in our show notes along with uh, reference material and uh, our intro and outro music. You can follow us, Twitter and Instagram, at TorturePod. Contact us, email us, or DM us. I don't really give a fuck. Get a hold of us somehow. Let us know who the uh, the Adam West Batman Catwoman was, other than Eartha Kid. Um Torch. TorturePot at, yes, at gmail
1: Sorry, I was gonna say, yeah, personally I'd like to I like the idea of us potentially immortalizing to a certain extent the first X amount of listeners in some way, shape or form, even if it's in the notes, if it's a thing that you're able to copy and paste in so it's that they're there. You know, so it's like it's yeah. like this whole thing of like you see on particular like YouTube channels or any of these sort of things. Like I mean, I have a couple that I people that I follow on different forms of media and all these different things that I've been there since it was only like thirty people or forty or a hundred people, and it's nice to know that you're one of them. Yeah, you know, and to be immortalized in that
0: manner. Yeah. So know? the first per- first hundred that get a hold of us, we will say your name on the show. We will give you thanks. We've already done it for three, uh, Beth, and then your friends from where are they Denmark from Holland. From Holland, yeah, Holland. Just, Holland. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, I was very yeah, so, from Holland. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, So Andre so from Holland. And
1: so there's three. So there's three. So we got era, 90. So yeah.
0: We got 97 to go, people. So let's go. Yeah, um, and then uh,
1: somebody else said it to me about listening to it as well, but like. Uh, oh
0: yeah. Well, now yeah, like I'm you gotta you gotta you gotta email message. us or you gotta leave us a rating review. It's one or the other. You you gotta get a hold of us somehow. Uh, you can get this and all of our episodes on YouTube, and if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our "Buy Me a Coffee" page. And uh, make a da- donation. It's buy me a coffee. As we now know, that needs more pod. coffee. Or you go to our Linktree <laughs> uh, link, which is in our Instagram and Twitter accounts, and donate there. Again, please rate, review, subscribe, follow wherever you listen. Uh, let's get to the hint for our next episode. It's really hard to come up with this hint. It's almost like I have the weight of the world on my chest. That's all you're going to get. Dan, the weight of the
1: world on my the chest. The weight of
0: the world. It feels like I got the weight of the world on my chest.
1: So it's nothing to do with Atlas. Um, no. The Greek No. We're going to leave himself. it at
0: that. This, this episode's going on way too fucking long already. Right, so we're going to leave yeah, it at that. I need to and... And
1: go to the toilet.
0: <laughs> In that order?
1: Uh, no, no. Because I've <laughs> consumed well over a liter and a half of the good truck and that was alcohol. <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> All right, well, guys, well, uh come back next time. We'll we'll talk to you later. Say goodbye.